Wellers Harper is currently on a plane to Vietnam. I thought it was best I'd step in for this episode. I'm joined by Lucas Ronaldo, as well as former Adelaide United striker and Brazilian great man, Fernando Rech, as we discuss all of last night's action and plenty of football coming up tonight as well. We talk Brazil, we talk England, Iran, Wales, USA, Australia, obviously get to work in as well. Uh, a very fun little episode. Hope you enjoy, and I'll see you next time. Well, another crazy day of World Cup football has unfolded in front of our eyes and uh, it was such an enjoyable way to get rid of the 9pm kickoff with with one of the games of the tournament um, back here in Australia. But uh, we're joined today by regular Lucas Ronaldo. Lucas, how are you this morning? I'm good, mate. Like you say, uh, now we've got all the early kickoffs out of the way uh, Mm. and now we really have a big need for an alarm clock. But uh, yep. Still, still a bit tired, but I know uh, we're going to get more and more tired. But uh, yeah, happy to be here. Thank you, and also join us today, special guest Fernando Rec. He uh, is a former Adelaide United man from back in the very early days of the A League. Also spent some time with Parramatta Power and the Brisbane Strikers. Fernando, thank you for joining us. Um, it's probably been a long day over there in Brazil, but how are you feeling, especially after Brazil's win? Hello, guys. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys talking about football. Uh, yeah, Brazil had a hard game. Uh, today was, uh, you know, very, very hard. Um, they tried a lot, and Brazil missed a lot when Neymar, you know, uh, does not play. So for us, it was a, a good game to watch, but uh, the goal at the end uh, was, you know, uh, really good. Uh, a lot of cheering here all around the streets in Brazil and uh, well make it through to the next to the next phase uh, make us a happy and more comfortable now mm. where, where did you watch the game this afternoon actually at my work you know so uh, everyone there was watching you know everyone in Brazil actually mm. watched the, the, the game for the World Cup. but yeah I was on my office What's the yeah, no. what's the feeling like in in Brazil at the moment? I think everyone around the world, I know me personally, I tipped Brazil to to win this World Cup. Is there a bit more of a feeling compared to the last tournament that this is a Brazil team that's going to go all the way? Yeah, in Brazil uh, this year, uh, it's uh, more confident that you know the last World Cup. So uh, everyone in Brazil actually now imagine that Brazil can make. You know, the, and win for the sixth time the World Cup. Uh, but everyone now is a little bit afraid uh, if Neymar will play, you know, in the finals. Uh, 100% sure he will meet the next game again. And, uh, you know, uh, without him, uh, I guess it's a bit harder, you know, to, to make it through. Uh, we have a lot of good players now. We have especially up front, uh, many, many players who can actually uh, decide the game. Uh, but Neymar, 
Poat now uh, is of course the best player, and 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 even if most of you know uh, uh, people in Brazil uh, still uh, uh, doesn't make Neymar like a, a, a really star, uh, I guess Neymar for us is actually uh, unbelievable when he's on the pitch. Uh, everyone else is looking, you know, about him and, and a few or three players, you know. So uh, I think if he came back on the finals, uh, even if not a hundred percent, but if it's if he'll be on the pitch, we have a great great chance to win the World Cup. Yeah, you'd obviously much to prefer to have him out there um, rather than not. But there's still a lot of talent on the pitch, even without him. I guess um, the way they've won the first two games, I wouldn't say they're scraping through, but you know, one nil, two nil, scoring late in the second half, they're just sort of getting by at the moment. But um, you know, I guess it's it's a marathon, not a sprint, and you don't want to go too early. So they're they're doing what they need to do and um, looking pretty good. They they looked fairly convincing tonight, even though they only won one nil. They had a lot of chances. Were you, were you overall happy with the game tonight? Yeah, exactly. And, and I think a good thing about Brazil, which uh, we don't see many times, is that uh, Brazil is playing really solid defensively. Um, we can actually defend like really well. Um, I think uh, Titi uh, just put the best boys and, and uh, I mean, on, on the defensive line, especially. Uh, we have four guys that defend like really well with Casimir in front of them. And I think this uh, makes like really solid. And uh, with the quality up front that we have, uh, I say we, we can dream about the, the win this World Cup. I think uh, still two new one game, one new another game, uh, but a lot of chances, as you said, a lot of uh, chances created and, and and I think on, on the right time, uh, if we need, of course, we're going to score more goals. But at the moment, you know, the, taking the three points in both games uh, make us, like, really happy. Um, Richarlison obviously got the brace in the in the first game. I think people that maybe watch a lot of Premier League, and I know myself as a Spurs fan, having watched him this season, I was a bit surprised to see that he's he's the main man over over a Gabriel Jesus or, or or Martinelli or Firmino even left out of the squad. Is is it back in Brazil that he's a lot more appreciated than maybe he is for the rest of the world? Well, actually, uh, here in Brazil, uh, because of Pedro, he's playing for Flamengo now and scoring a lot of goals. Uh, he was a top scorer at Libertadores Cup. Uh, so everyone is expecting that Pedro uh, can play and score, you know, the goals. But of course, we have to respect Richardson because, uh, you know, uh, starting the World Cup uh, uh, with a brace and, and especially one uh, beautiful, wonderful goal, uh, of course, make us more comfortable because we don't depend in, in one guy on. Uh, we can look at him, as you say, that uh, Gabriel Jesus, and then Pedro. It's 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 uh, you know a great player as well. Still didn't have like one minute on the pitch, but I'm pretty sure when he comes in, he he, he will you know score and he will uh, especially help a lot 
you know. So, as I said before, as I said before, uh, Brazil now for this World Cup is more mature, more confident, uh, more solid defensively, and that make comfortable for the front line uh, to do whatever they they think they can do, you know, and they're doing really well. Yeah, I think it's a good point you say that they've matured because we've been talking about over the last week or so, you know, Belgium, Germany, Croatia, these teams that have sort of maybe had their chance um, and now with the same squad are, are, are really falling apart at this World Cup. And I think Brazil is one that's sort of been waiting in the shadows a little bit the last couple of tournaments and now they actually get a chance to probably go all the way. Like in the betting markets, they're so far clear of any other side. Um and and yeah, they're like like I said, not starring completely at the moment, but doing doing what they need to do. They're not blowing teams out of the water like Spain to Costa Rica, but they're still getting wins and setting themselves up for a really good tournament. Um we'll move on now to one of the games of the tournament. Uh, it was a 9 p.m. kickoff here in Australia. I think you said it was 7 a.m. over there in Fernando, so I doubt you got to watch this one. But Cameroon and Serbia, 3-all. Lucas, what did you make of this one? Yeah, like you say, one of the best games we've seen so far this tournament. Um, Cameroon's goalkeeper, Onana, before the game, obviously got suspended apparently because he said the coach was too defensive. In response to that, Cameroon decided, let's not worry about defence. And both teams just absolutely went for it the entire 90 minutes. And... Of course, one of the most bizarre five minutes of football I think I've ever seen um, with uh, the two goals that originally looked about 10 metres offside. Um, poor defending from Serbia to to make sure that firstly Abubakar was on and then the same for the second one. Um, Abubakar, there's no way he's ever trying that little scoop finish in a million years if he thought he was onside. Um, but yeah, it was an insane game. Uh, Mitrovic, I think, had... I had a couple of chances that maybe on a day would have buried, and and now uh, Serbia versus Switzerland is is going to be an absolute cracker in in the last game. That one's set up really nicely, um, but yeah, I think uh, Onana, him leaving. I'm not sure if Song Cameron's coach uh, took the message on board or if wanted to prove a point because there was it was one of the best games of the tournament unless you like defence because it was back and forth the entire game and just end to end. And in the end, I think uh, three threes is definitely the the perfect result to to sum up this game, really. Yeah, hundred percent. I think um, it, yeah, it would have been hard to argue that either side deserved to walk away with nothing. But it is a bit annoying. Like I think because if one of these teams had won, it was really going to set them up for an opportunity to get through in that second spot. Whereas now they're both really fighting against. I mean, Cameroon's got to play Brazil, which is you know not not going to be very. Uh, likely that they'll get a win out of that. And for Serbia, they play Switzerland, who that's a winnable game. But um, yeah, there was, there was so many chances at the end. I thought Serbia probably had the bulk of it in the last sort of 10, 15 minutes. But um, mm. I mean, these are the sort of games that, that everyone everyone watches. I mean, it was just a meltdown on Twitter and that of people watching this one when Cameroon made their comeback again. Um, and uh, and yeah, I, I guess in a few days' time, we'll see what they can do. Both Both teams are still mathematically a chance with a game to go, which is... Sometimes enough, you know, just a bit of hope to keep everybody mm. um, watching for that last game. Lucas, we were talking off air earlier about like how crazy it is, like how many teams, there's still 30 teams out of 32 that can book a place in the round of 16 mm. if results go their way in the last game. Yeah, and and one of those teams that's out is is Qatar, and which I think everyone likes that result <laughs> of Qatar going out early. Um, so it's really only Canada who, and of course they had 
their great moment yesterday, scoring mm. first against against Croatia, and really were unlucky against uh, against Belgium. So, yeah, it's, it's still open. There's still so many teams and um, that are still have something to fight for. And obviously, the fact that that we've got something to fight for is amazing for us, and more than a more than a fighting chance. Um, but yeah, for for Group G, um, yeah, I think uh, I think Switzerland might. Um, be too much for Serbia. Serbia was so open defensively in that one. I'm not sure what um, what uh, Fernando's made of of them two. Seeing Brazil have, have played both of them, but for me, I think um, Switzerland. Everyone seems to write them off before every tournament, and then they just find a way to get out of the group. Mm. Yeah, um, well, Fernando. Who, who no, what do you think? I, I, I was just going to say that about Switzerland. That I think uh, for what I see. Uh, it's better than Serbia. Uh, I think uh, uh, Switzerland always uh, make a more sort of control of the game, of the match. And uh, I think on these circumstances, I'll pay, you know, to see Switzerland go through with Brazil in the group. Yeah, uh, and it does seem like the most likely result. I think Switzerland will probably go into that one as heavy favourites. They've been ultra-competitive in their opening two games. We'll talk about now the other group's games um, and uh, the the one, another really exciting game. I mean, we had the game of the tournament at 9 o'clock and then at 12 we had another unbelievable game, Ghana and South Korea. Um, Ghana started like, started like a house on fire, but South Korea came back and, and almost shocked them. Um, did either of you boys catch this one? I don't think either of you would have been able to watch. No, I was. Game, I watched yeah. the highlights uh, straight after um, after the uh, Portugal game this morning, but uh, yeah, I wasn't able to catch it live. But for, I think I think you you caught it, didn't you? Yeah, it, it was um, it was definitely like an interesting game. I, going into it, I, I actually backed South Korea because I just thought that human sun sun factor always gets me, and I I think that they're a chance in every game. But I guess. Um, you know, Ghana aren't, with, aren't without their stars as well. And we saw that with um, Kudus scoring two. I mean, we've just seen Anthony leave Ajax for Manchester United. Kudus is another similar, you know, another winger, 22 years of age. I, I think a big move for him isn't far away after this World Cup performance. But um, the highlight of this game was um, probably yeah in, in the 111th minute, 90 plus 11, when um, South Korea should have had a corner and the referee blew time on the game. And, you know... It's not a corner is not a guaranteed goal or anything, but the two goals they'd scored were headers, and they would have had another chance to send the ball into their striker. And uh, the referee blew the whistle; it caused the manager to jump onto the pitch, get a red card, so he won't be able to coach from the sidelines in the next game. And and that's a real shame because it's a must-win game for them now. But um, yeah, I think um, of all the Asian clubs that you know they've been so good in this World Cup, well, not all of them, but quite a few. South Korea is one where I definitely thought in that group they were a chance to get out, and now. Um, they, they have to beat Portugal and hope other results go their way for, for any chance. So it's a bit of a shame um, for them. But the other game in that group was Portugal and Uruguay. Um, it makes things very hard for Uruguay as it was a 2-0 win to Portugal. Lucas, what did you make of this one? Yeah, well, uh, I've been a bit disappointed with Uruguay so far. The first half was very um, very tight and tense and sort of typical of when you have two big teams facing uh, each other in, in the group stage. Uh and obviously, Bruno Fernandes gets. I think it's going to go down as a brace. Ronaldo uh, was trying to claim that he he got a bit of his <laughs> bit of his hair on it or something. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I think it was definitely his goal. There was a bit of controversy about the second goal. Um, I, I originally th- thought that it was a penalty, um, but watching the game after and the analysis, they read out the law, and apparently, um, if your hand is going to plant on the ground and the ball yeah. hits it, then then it's not, um, then it should be allowed. Uh, so a bit of controversy about that. I do think Portugal were too good. Um, yeah, I'm just surprised. I think maybe Uruguay just struggling to to get the combination of who they want to play up front going between Nunez and, and Cavani. Nunez really didn't do much. Um, and, and then Suarez coming off the bench as well. But the main thing for me um, now that this sets up is Uruguay versus Ghana, the last game. Obviously, people will remember 2010 World Cup in the quarterfinal. Uh, Luis Suarez, <laughs> his handball off the line that oh. basically broke the hearts of all of Africa. So... There's a bit of a bit of a rivalry between those two sides, and it's and it's basically a straight shootout to go through to the next round as well. Yeah, the winner goes through, and I I guess um the opportunity for Ghana to send Luis Suarez out in his final World Cup is is going to be tantalising for them. Um, Fernando, do you think Portugal is a genuine chance at this World Cup as well? I don't think they're being spoken about as much, but they have such a strong squad. Yeah, they have. Yeah, they have a really strong squad, and um. Well, uh, uh, talking a little bit about Uruguay, they had a lot of difficulties here on, on the qualifiers in Brazil, uh, in South America, sorry. Um, they just made, I think, on the last game or something like this. Hmm. And for like a long time on the qualifiers here, uh, they play out on the, on the, on the top four. Uh, so uh, I think um, Uruguay... I was expecting more, of course, but it's not a surprise for me that, you know, they've been, they've been uh, struggling. They've been trying, you know, very hard, but they cannot make. Uh, talking about Portugal, of course, they have a, a, a strong squad. Uh, I was falling on, on the European qualifiers. And, uh, you know, of course, if they have like a really good names, as, as as they have, of course, uh, uh, it's always hard to play against them, you know. Uh, and their group uh, will play against Brazil, Brazil's group on on the next on the next stage. Uh, so I think it would be hard if they have to actually play anyone that you know play against Portugal. Portugal will be like really hard, and uh, I know. Like if if you have Cristiano Ronaldo as well, even if he's not playing at, at United or you know he is now thirty six seven, I can even remember. But he's always like a dangerous guy. Yeah. Uh, you 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 have to pay attention always. Do you think um, you mentioned Uruguay's struggle in qualifying? I think there was a stage where it was between them or Peru who we were going to play in that qualifier. Were you surprised when Australia? beat Peru. What was the reaction like in South America to that? Uh, well, uh, for me, it's not a surprise, you know, uh, because, uh, uh, you know, the qualifying here in South America was Brazil and Argentina, uh, always like, and Ecuador as well. Uh, these three always, you know, staying on the top of the table. And then the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, always had a lot of changes, you know, between Chile, Peru, Uruguay, 
Paraguay, not not really, but you know. So, but they know like a really strong uh, squad, especially Uruguay, like always did, you know, before. Uh, so when when uh, Peru was on a was on a knockout stage, you know, uh, I just thought you know Australia would be, you know, the the, the country on the World Cup because. Uh, Watching here in South America, as I say, we can see Brazil, Argentina, and Ecuador really up front, and the other, the other, the other teams, you know, the other squads. I didn't see like that strong to to play against anyone else. Do you, do you still support Australia now? Obviously, you got a son that was born yeah. in Australia. Do you still follow us? Yeah, of course, yeah. Every day, every week, you know, looking at the daily table and, you know, <laughs> just uh, uh, talking about my kids, you know, because they follow as well. And especially now, I didn't see, I couldn't watch, you know, the, the, the Australian games. Uh, a little bit against uh, Tunisia, was it? The, the, the last game, a little bit, I mean, 10, 15 minutes at the end of the game was already one new and Australia defending like really well. And uh, oof, I'm expecting, you know, to see Australia going through. Yes. Really? I'm still, uh, I think I always will be like a real, uh, uh, a little bit of uh, Aussie guy, you know, Aussie guy. Uh, <laughs> I love you, know, I love your country guys and, and you know, my son, as you guys uh, probably know, was born in there. So, uh, uh, I mean, you know, Australia is always with me. <laughs> oh, that's lovely to hear. And and, and you think that there's a really good chance to get something out of that Denmark game um, on, on Thursday? Well, yeah, I think, well, really think, you know. Uh, even, as I said, I couldn't watch, you know, the games. But... I, I watched uh, Denmark, I think, against France too. The last game, last Saturday for us here in Brazil. Um, and, you know, didn't see anything anything much, you know, good or much better than I just did anyone else. So, for me, Australia will you know, win the game and, and go through the knockout stage. <laughs> That's very welcome yeah. news on this podcast, obviously. <laughs> Um, we'll move on now to the games that we get tonight. Obviously, like we said, we, we don't get the 9 p.m. kickoffs here anymore. It's going to be 2 a.m. our time, which is a bit annoying because it's sort of like, again, like to be honest, like a game like Cameroon Serbia, I'm not getting up at 2 a.m. for that. But 9 p.m., mm-hmm. it's watchable, it's there. And, <laughs> and obviously, it was a great game, but I wouldn't have known that and I'd be asleep at, at 2 a.m. and would have missed it. So tonight, Netherlands, Qatar, the likelihood of that being as good of a game as Serbia, Cameroon is unlikely. It's a bit of a dead rubber for Qatar, but... I mean, the only thing here is, are they surely they're going to want to try and show something in their host nation, their final game, their last chance to show something? Typically, when sides are out of a World Cup, they still really come out with a fire in that last game, almost sometimes a little bit more so because there's no fear, there's no pressure. Um, Netherlands, if they win this game, um, they top the group um, as long as they beat them by more than what Ecuador, Ecuador beat Senegal by. If they happen to win, um, how do you see this one playing out, Lucas? Um, I think the the one thing on that you mentioned about playing for pride and stuff like that, I think there's a difference with Qatar because there's no jeopardy 
for for every other nation, they've got people putting pressure on them, and it, it means something for Qatar. The fact we saw people leaving early, no other country in the world, if you're hosting a World Cup, people would be leaving early when when you're still in a game that happened in their second game. So I I just don't think it it, it matters as much to to their people. I, I know I know that might sound ignorant, that might sound harsh, but to, to me the fact that you've got people just exiting even Australia as, as not a football country, which I think we can say we are. Um we saw how much it meant to to beat Tunisia, to to have that moment, how angry we were when we lost to France. I think for, it it just doesn't seem to mean as much. So I I, I think Netherlands are just going to wipe the floor with them. I I think this is just going to be a message that you know what, and and the thing about Qatar as well is that I think every country sort of wants to get one over on them because all these players are going there and have been getting asked questions for the past three years. What do you think about the human rights issues? What do you, what do you think about this? And they're going, well, we're just footballers. We, we we just want to we just want to play. But inwardly thinking, oh, oh, this is disgraceful that we're holding World Cup here. But in terms of the actual game, yeah, I think Netherlands are going to wipe the floor. Um, and then Ecuador-Senegal is, is probably the, the, more, uh, the more exciting one, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's obviously going to be the, the centerpiece game of that 2am time slot with uh, Ecuador on four points, Senegal on three. So a draw or a win for Ecuador means they'll be through and potentially topping the group, depending on how the Netherlands games goes. And for Senegal, they need to win. Um, so we'll be expecting them to throw everything at it. They've been all right so far. I mean, their opening game was was disappointing to, to the Netherlands, and then they got the job done pretty convincingly against um, Qatar. Uh, Fernando, do you think that uh, Ecuador will go through here, or, or do you think Senegal can push them? Uh, I think Ecuador going through. Uh, as I said, uh, they did really well. Uh, here in South America, uh, for the last three years, uh, they've been they've been playing like a really good game, and you know they have one guy that actually uh, is taking his moment in Valencia. Uh, you know when the ball goes to him, uh, he's always dangerous, he's always uh, decisive, and uh, I think this counts a lot. You know, so I believe Ecuador goes through. Yeah, and Valencia is one of those players where, like, I don't know, growing up, you know, seeing him in the Premier League a little bit and, you know, he spent a fair bit of time at West Ham, but I almost forgot that he was still going around. And then you look at his goal record, he's scored more than a goal a game this season in the Turkish League. So I guess um, it's no surprise that he's been in good form, especially against, you know, Qatar's defense and, and that sort of thing. Um, so a really good opportunity for Ecuador. Um, Lucas, do you think Ecuador will get through here? Yeah, I agree. I think uh, we, when we had Marcos, uh, Marcos Flores on the other day, we spoke about Ecuador maybe playing sort of a different style to a lot of the South American teams, more counter-attacking, and, and it, it really suits them. Um, and I think from what I've seen of them so far, I do think they are a, a better side than Senegal. And Senegal, it's harsh for them because they probably would have gone through this group if they had Mane, but, um, and they still might. But yeah, I think they're just missing having one of the best players in the world too much. Yeah, I mean, it's made such a difference to the way that they've played, and and like I I thought that this is probably one of the more even groups. But I think Qatar's a fair way away from the other three. But I, I could have seen anyone top this group, and yeah, Senegal have been unfortunate to lose like the most influential player um, that they could have potentially had. So um, 
a real shame for them. But yeah, I do agree with you guys. I think it'll be Netherlands and Ecuador going through and probably in that order with Netherlands having a real chance to get a big win tonight. Um, Group B is another one that's really interesting. All four teams are still honestly well and truly in this group. Um, the first game is England and Wales um, with England just needing a point pretty much to guarantee their safety. Um because I think if they do lose by enough, if it have to be like four goals, then Wales could knock them out and Iran or US could go through. Um, but Wales, if they win that, they can still get through if the other game's a draw. Wales have been a bit disappointing for mine so far, but I guess I'm sort of thinking of the 2016 Wales and Gareth Bale's not that player anymore and, and the rest of the squad's gotten on a little bit as well. But they've put up a good fight against the US and then Iran got the win over them last week. Lucas, you think there any chance to knock England off in this game? I think they are, um, purely because of, of the fact that it's Wales and England, I think. Uh, even though they they lost that game in, in Euro 2016, England were run pretty pretty close by Wales then. Um, I think Gareth Bale scoring in that one. Um, he'll be essential for Wales. It's just about holding out as long as they can um, then hoping that Bale can pull something out as he, as he usually does. But this is... This is pretty sensational that you've gone down to this last two games. I think the main one for me is is Iran USA. That that's going to be absolutely massive. Obviously, the cultural history between those two countries, as as well as between England Wales, it's um, set up for one of the best simultaneous kickoffs in terms of rivalries that that we've seen in a long time. Well, I, d- I don't know which game to watch. I don't know if it's going to be maybe a split-screen type operation or, yeah. or um, I'm sure they'll be doing some sort of thing on SBS where they'll do like the goal cam or whatever. But yeah, I, don't, I don't know which one. I think probably US-Iran game is a bit more evenly matched, but mm. to see Wales knock off England would be something so special. Um, Fernando, do you think it'll be England and US going through or England and Iran? Or who do you think will we'll get through these games tonight? Well, I think England... You know, go through uh, Wales. Uh, I think depends a lot, you know, of uh, Gareth Bale, which is uh, not playing, you know, like he did before. Uh, so I don't think they can make any any harder for for England. And on the other side, I think Iran uh, has a good team. Has a you know, uh, they will fight. That's for sure. You know, will, will be not easy uh, for anyone. Uh, as you said, I don't even know uh, which game watch as well. Uh, they'll be like, a, I think they will be like a really good games, both of them. Uh, you know, I, I, I guess England and Iran. Uh, you know, they go through. I mean, yeah, even I to see Iran in their last game, such a stark turnaround from the opening day where they just got blown out of the water and hit for six by England. So I guess they've got the momentum now. The US have been good in both games. I mean, to get a draw against England, um, I, I really didn't expect them to do that. And I think they've already come so far, but um, I don't think either of these teams have, have been in a round of 16 for quite some time. I think the US might've been there in 2010, if I'm remembering yeah, correctly. But, yeah. but um, yeah, such an opportunity given the competitiveness of this group. I'm backing Iran. Um, Lucas, are you the same way? Yeah, inclined or- I, I, I think that will be a high-scoring draw, the Iran-USA game. Um, I do yeah. think England will beat Wales. I do. I, I think it will be close between England and Wales. It wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if that was a draw as well, um, but maybe not as open. But yeah, I think 
I think Iran just have have so much to fight for, and, and I think that's going to be one of the stories of the World Cup. Iran uh, getting through to the next round. It's yeah, it's it's been really exciting to see the Asian teams performing on this this stage. I mean, maybe that's one of the benefits, well, the only benefits of having the World Cup in Qatar is that we've been able to see more Asian fans, and 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 you know maybe the climate and conditions that suit Asian teams a little bit more. Um, one more thing before we finish off, Lucas, you and I were speaking off air slightly before about the implications of um, what these matches could mean for the Socceroos going into a quarterfinal. And it's actually just, I mean, the fact that we're even talking about that is is pretty ridiculous. And maybe we are getting a bit ahead of ourselves, but um, I mean, yeah, whoever comes second in that Group B will play the winner of Group A. So, I mean, it could be a Netherlands-Iran. Um, and, and then if we were to play maybe Saudi Arabia in our group, you, you know, you're looking at a, maybe a potentially Iran-Australia quarterfinal. So I'm not, I'm not trying to get too far out of um, the perspective. We, it's we happening. Have such it's a happening. big game on Thursday. But <laughs> the prospect of getting to a semifinal by playing Asian clubs only, it's, um, I mean, that's that's what they say. They say dare to dream. And I think that's what we're doing at the moment. But I've, yeah, I've been racking my brain of all the potential oh, sort of if we if if that's the way it worked out and we played, well, firstly, if Saudi Arabia end up topping their group, that'd be sensational. But if we played Iran, if we won that game and played Iran for the first time since 1998, when they broke our hearts yeah. in a World Cup, oh, I, I don't think, I don't think I can comprehend <laughs> that. <laughs> for me, I think, and I'm sure we'll get onto it more in tomorrow's show, but Poland, Argentina, a draw, Saudi to beat Mexico, that would mean that Saudi tops the group. And I don't think that that's that far out of the realms of possibility but we'll leave that for tomorrow once we know a bit more about tonight's games as well there's so much football still to be played i'm not sure what i'm going to do i don't know what you guys are going to do especially you lucas having to get up at 2am to watch these games or i might just settle for the 6am kickoff I don't yeah know. i think i'm going to do that but yeah. um especially <laughs> with with such a big thursday coming up as well um fernando we really appreciate you coming on and it's nice to know that you still uh keep in, in tune with the A-League. Um, have you actually been watching many games this season or just sort of checking the scores and, and that sort of thing? No, I've been checking the scores, actually. It's a bit, yeah. you know, hard to watch the game. Yeah, that's But, fair. you know, we're always checking the scores, yeah. And, of course, oh, Adelaide very... United still is still who you're following. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> 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 Well, yeah, really appreciate having you on and um, best of luck to Brazil for the rest of the tournament. We might see you guys in a semi-final. You never know. Um, but, uh, yeah, really appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. Uh, and no, Lucas yeah, and Marlon. Like, uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Cheers. And, uh, Lucas, I know you've got to run off to work now as well as I do as well. So we'll get this one wrapped up and, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys all tomorrow, same time, as, as we talk up such a massive Australian match.